What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Middle cough. Hey, babe. We are recording this live on YouTube on Thursday midday, high noon. And uh, a lot going on before this uh, weekend. Championship weekend, John and College Football, Big NFL Games. So much good stuff. Let's tell you that this podcast, as you get ready for your weekend, I mean, since it's a Thursday, I guess it's the weekend is here. I mean, yeah. especially in December where you got just coming off Thanksgiving, the Christmas week is coming. It's like December might as well be three day weeks, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I, you know? Guy, I went outside this morning to throw away some trash at like 645. It was 10 degrees. I mean, you, if you, honestly, if you just said it's 10 degrees outside, I mean, it really was probably 48. It was so cold. I'm like, this is this is football weather. And then I'm like, I don't like that. You know, I'm like Jared Goff. I like playing in the, in the sun. You know? But a true, uh, football weather, California here. quarterback. This time of year is great for just, uh, you know, huddling inside or maybe headed out to a bar that has, uh, you know, some uh, space heaters. Grabbing yourself a Tito's. We are sponsored by Tito's Handmade Vodka. The finest vodka around. Yes, it is. Number one vodka in America. If you're out and about this weekend, taking your your lovely lady uh, on a date, uh, maybe a little date night, Friday, Saturday night. Saturday, Saturday night, night, sushi night for me. Yeah. Oh, Saturday I night. hate sushi, but I'm going. <laughs> See? You, I'll you need gotta, the Tito's. You got to do what you got to do. Have yourself a cocktail. Tito soda. Number one cocktail I, I in America. You can't tell me otherwise. Definitely the number one vodka oh, in America. I mean, it keeps winning double golds, John. I don't know. Yeah. So just I don't, go get no yourself a bottle of Tito's, a handle of Tito's. Go get yourself some Tito's. Have you seen the, uh, I think I sent it to you. There's a, a TikTok going around that I saw. Somebody sent it to me. One of our listeners sent it to me of like this girl 
college age Hilarious. and she's like have you saw it and she's like <gasps> she's like it's all she lights up and it's a bottle of tito's that was funny that was very good so uh tito's is the way to go we all we're all we are always partial to a john daly it's got a little sweet i love lemonade a little iced tea and some tito's and what better thing to say at a bar than tito's and tito's and or with tito's i mean it's i've had a couple a ladies name. reach out I've never had this, but the espresso martini with Tito's, oh. I've heard is to die for. I'm not a martini guy because I don't like the olives in the in the dough, but there's no olives, obviously, in the espresso martini. But I guess oh. the espresso martini guy is uh, the people like it out there, especially the ladies. That's a, Is that a warm drink or a cold drink? You know, is that it's like gr- good for I, it's a great this time I, of I, year? I've never had it, but I, fuck, I'll try it. Yeah, cold yeah. maybe. I th- I'm just saying cold maybe outside. Hot. Can you do it with hot espresso would be Probably. my question. You yeah. know, like you do, uh, what's the drink that's very popular? Bailey's uh, and coffee? Yeah. Whiskey? You know? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, Tito's, baby. Tito's, Tito's, Tito's. Uh, we appreciate their support. I still get people that say to me, holy shit, Tito's is on the pod. you damn right. Tito's handmade vodka, six times distilled in copper pots, not columns. It is the best there is. Distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas, 40% alcohol by volume, namely 80 proof, crafted to be savored responsibly. We're also brought to you by, oh, CT Niners says Tito's with Welch's grapefruit juice. Grape I haven't fruit had Welch's juice. in a long time. Grapefruit juice, though. I'm always associate Welch's with grape. Yeah. Podcast also brought to you by MyBookie.ig, promo code HAM, the number one, MyBookie.ig, HAM1, where they'll match your deposit dollar for dollar up to 1000 bucks when you use the code HAM1. If you accept the bonus, remember you have to bet the full amount before you can withdraw funds. You can also decline the bonus, but either way, HAM1 lets to know that we sent you. We've already made our lock of the week. We did. Uh, and then we, we started went, feeling less locky about it, so we've made another bet. Yeah, so we went USC, money line, plus 155. We put 500 to pay 750. Then yesterday I saw that the Trojans were late for practice, 45 minutes late. And then they practiced, and then their head coach and some of their players talked, and he just wanted to make sure that everyone was on the same page about playing this game. Which one of their head coaches? Uh, Not Lincoln Riley. Uh, is it Dante Williams? Is that That's the guy's right. name? And I just, they have some injuries and it just, it concerned me a little, you know, just, it concerned me. There's a huge, I saw a picture of Jackson Dart. He has a huge knee brace on. Is that like he, he, he hurt he his hurt. knee. Yeah. He, he, he hurt his knee several weeks. He hurt his knee. I think in the Washington state game several weeks ago, had a few weeks off, came back, but he's back. Yeah. Okay. He's been back. It's I'm not feeling as great, even though I love the logic. It's just, uh, I love the l- plus four and the money line plus plus one fifty five. Still a lot going on with that program. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a it's a high risk, high reward pick, and so we've decided, college kids, let's let's dive back in on them, and uh, the Mountain West Championship game, John. That's where we've turned our attention now. Yep, the Mountain West Championship game on Big Boy Fox for you Comcast users seven oh two, San Diego State. We're going taking a minus six against Utah State. Brady Hoke, that team's good. Uh, I watched the Boise game. I guess it would have been last Saturday. I watched they, the uh, uh, last Friday. Yeah, last Friday. Excuse me. I'll give them a little bit of a pass. 9 a.m. kickoff in Los Angeles. They flipped the switch after halftime, beat the shit out of them. So, obviously, I was rooting for Boise because if Boise had won, Fresno would have got into this game. But think about the domino butterfly effect there. Uh, you know, probably good for DeBoer and, and Jake Hanner that they didn't. So, uh, but they did get into the game, yeah. 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 Uh, the USC game is at 8 p.m. Two four and seven teams. 
playing in the cold at 8 p.m. at Cal. Not sure what that crowd's going to be like, John. Uh, after everybody else has played their championship game. This is uh, quite a test of uh, human focus, uh, this game. Sneaky doesn't get as cold there, though, because really? of the fog. Yeah, I mean, it's it's chilly, but it, it doesn't. If it's 40 degrees, it's just the, the fog doesn't overhang. I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's not going to be. I'm not saying it's going to be 80 degrees. You're right. I mean, but Jared Goff, I mean, it's California. I don't, it's not good for anybody. I'm not saying it's good for anybody. I like an underdog uh, in circumstances when, you know, it's not. The losing team's going to be four and eight. Well, if we, if we win both these games, guy, we would make 750 plus 450. I mean, we'd have a good weekend. We, yeah, make, I mean, if we lost them both, we'd lose a thousand. Yeah, really quick. <laughs> But, but uh, hey, you know, you got to risk it for the biscuit. Yeah, look, luckily, this podcast has been uh, generating uh, funds. Um, we have uh, taken some of those funds and put them in a, a charity drive that we're doing in partnership with No Kid Hungry. No Kid Hungry actually is the, the real. They're doing the real work. We're just trying to drive some funds to our uh, fundraising campaign. If you're listening to this podcast or watching it, either way, the description has the link. Or you can just go to nokidhungry.org slash ham. We're trying to raise $25,000. We've taken some of this podcast hard-earned money. You say, well, what are you guys doing? Are you just asking me for stuff? Ten grand, no, guy. We're putting our money where our mouth is. We put in, say it again. $10,000. $10,000 we put into this fundraiser to start it. Then our friends at Tito's Handmade Vodka, we called them up. We called up Dev and we're like, you interested? He said, hell yeah, we're putting in $5,000. Then we, called up the, then we called up the Adler brothers at Puesto. We said, you guys do great food. You do great work. Are you interested? They said, hell yeah, put us down for $2,000. That's 17. So that's where we're at. But we need more. Yeah. Giving Tuesday, a lot of you jumped in on Giving Tuesday. We appreciate it. But this thing's still going. I'm talking a lot. I realize John's just kind of my hype man on this pitch right now. I apologize, John. I'm rolling. End of the year. Okay, that's how long this fundraiser is going. One in six kids is at risk for hunger. Any time of year, that is unacceptable. This time of year, when so much of our lives revolves around getting together, the warmth of the home, a meal shared with loved ones, it's really unacceptable. So No Kid Hungry is attacking that. They always attack it. They attack it nonstop, and we can help them. Yep. Get on it right now. NoKidHungry.org slash ham. Donate. Sorry, I didn't let you in on that one. I, no, it's fine. I was, you, I was I, feeling it. Ride you like Secretariat. Uh, we also well, – one other thing before we get to a few football topics. Uh, shave it or save it. We've had a lot of submissions. We, we've done four of them, and we need more submissions. And I just want to say this. If anyone's a little self-conscious because you realize when we do a shave it or save it, we make a video, we put it out, and that person's just on a pedestal, we will blur your – if you want us to blur your face, you can ask us to do that. No one's asked for that. Everyone are for submissions so far. They've handled it like champs. We appreciate them putting themselves out there in the interest of content. <laughs> Uh, but just, I'm just throwing it out there. John. I don't even know if anybody wants that. I'm just thinking out loud. Yeah. If you want you to get stopping anybody, from, from I, I don't somebody? know. It's a, yeah. You raised a good point. I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. It is just getting blasted all over social media and on YouTube. So, you know, if, and we're we respectful, got, but you know, we're also having fun. Yeah. I mean, we got, you know, 50 plus thousand followers on multiple channels and then YouTube. I mean, it's just, it is just going out to a lot for some of these people that aren't necessarily, I guess, I, I think me and you sometimes, probably just get numb to social media a lot of people you know if you don't use it for your daily life and i and i go back and forth too sometimes like this is kind of shameless but you just when you do what we do you just you don't even think about it after a while it's like you and i aren't the biggest like pump your chest out pound but it's just 
part of the deal. There is just an insecurity about like, I don't want fucking my face out, even though I want you guys to answer the question. So I, I do understand. And uh, you have, if to be, I wouldn't even know where to start, how to blur a face out. But if you have the, uh, yeah, I could, I'm sure it's not we that. can black it out. So yeah, yeah. we can, bl- we can blur your face out. So, uh, so yeah. We could put somebody else's face on your face. You yeah, know? we put mine or yours. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyway, shave it or save it. You just people. I have gotten a few questions, so I'm hoping we get some more submissions from people saying, "How do we submit?" You can just DM us. Both our emails are in our bios. There. Yep. There. John's exposing his face. And uh, that's see, I've been shaving a couple of days. It's see that cul-de-sac. See that. See that. Oh man, God. You should put up a sign at the front of your head that says drive like your kids play here. <laughs> I know. I could have like seven homes around the cul-de-sac. <laughs> <laughs> see? See? I had a buddy of mine who thinks he's balding call me yesterday. He's like, you know, I'm, every time I do my hair, I get, I'll leave his name out of it. I get hair on my hands. And I don't think you and John understand what I'm going through. So what are you talking about? We're experts. He said, what makes you an expert? So I don't know. We're, I, we're experts. I've had hair in my hand back in the day. When yeah, I, hair. I, I still, I get that sometimes. It doesn't necessarily mean you're losing your hair. You're you're just more like a lab, right? They shed nonstop, but they never run out of hair. That's you. Yeah, that's that's I'm a lab oh, a Labrador. Yes, yeah, a Labrador. Yeah, because <laughs> I was at my mom's house for Thanksgiving. Hair everywhere, but I look yep. at Callie and Bailey. They have an unlimited amount of hair. It's not like they look like they're losing hair, right? But yeah. there's hair everywhere. Yeah, that's right. I'm going to change my name to Callie. Yeah. <laughs> Are you golden you retriever? <laughs> no, but I shed everywhere. Exactly. I would have one of those. I just always have a lint brush on me. Do you? Uh, no. I mean, I have a limb brush, but no. Yeah. All right. Time to dive in, John. Let's start with a few things. You know, you and I were talking before the podcast started about the Niners Seahawks game and how Debo Samuel's out. And Debo says he's going to be back by the Bengal game, which, as we discussed on the last podcast, is pretty important. They're going to need him. So the question is, what does Kyle Shanahan do? Does Kyle Shanahan say to himself, well, I guess the fun I was having with Debo, done with that. Back to normal, some normal play calls. Or does Kyle Shanahan find another way? And this week happens to be a week in which Kyle said something the other day that got our attention. We did a whole segment about it on the podcast. Kyle said he's learned the hard lesson about how hard it is to work Trey Lance into the offense. And basically said to the world, I'm putting him on ice without saying those words. Or... Or did he just want the Seahawks to believe that's what he's doing? Yeah, they're in a little bit of a desperate situation just given that this injury is an enormous part of the offense. It's not just losing. It's losing their running back slash receiver. I mean, this guy has had 14 carries the last two games for 165 yards and multiple touchdowns on the ground. And obviously, I don't think you would put Trey Lance at running back. Right. But I do think you could immediately put him in some of those situations and short yardage situations with him and Elijah Mitchell just to, or even Fred Wilson to just give some different looks, right? Because I was driving around thinking, do you think you'd mess around and put Ayuk in the backfield? And you're like, you know, there's, that's a lot going on. Like Debo clearly is very comfortable. You mentioned, oh, you were talking to a coach that was with him at South Carolina and said that the Raven scout had said like, yeah, we just don't draft running backs that high. It's not... And you and I remember the first OTAs we went to were definitely training camp and we saw Debo for the first time. His body type does not look like Keenan Allen, right? Or Devonte. He is built very uniquely. Like it when we just talk about the top receivers, he doesn't look anything like them body wise. Where really you stand next to Ayuk, he looks like a wide receiver. 
So I do wonder if Kyle pulls it out kind of a little bit of a curveball, just given that they haven't been using him. Now, on the flip side, you see Seattle just signed Adrian Peterson. Like, they, they are in shambles right now. So do you... It's weird because if Seattle was your typical three and eight Houston Texans, I don't think we'd be talking about like them like that we're the appropriate fear. Right. But I, I think you and I and most Niner fans talk about them more. Yeah, they're three and eight, but I view them like they're uh, six and five, right? Like they're having a down year, but they're still good. Like in my head, I view them like, yeah, they could win this game by 10, right? And specifically so their quarterback is like 15 and four against you, right? Russell Wilson, whatever that. I think it's 15 and four is his career record, something like that. And think about, and guy, the, the 49ers won the Super Bowl two years ago with, you know, just a fantastic team, right? Start to finish was the best team in the league right there with the Chiefs. And they were by far the best two teams in the league. The Niners lost in overtime to Seattle that year, who, and Seattle was a flawed team that year, lost in overtime. And then the final game where the Niners won the West at Seattle, it was a knockdown dragout. Right. So it's like this team, when they're good and the Niners are good, they can hang when you just can never, ever discount this matchup. So wouldn't shock me if Trey has some reps, but I also like, you know, could you do some really weird stuff and put him and Jimmy in the game at the same time? Can you risk like Trey getting hurt? And then if Jimmy got hurt, who the fuck would play quarterback? Well, I mean, you're trying to win all these games, right? We've talked about that part of what Kyle is doing is just focused on winning this game and then win the next game. And I'm just focused on the right now. So anybody going on the field is at risk of being hurt. I mean, Debo Samuel's at risk of being hurt every time he takes a handoff and runs through seven people. Although often doesn't get touched. So maybe he's at not that much of risk. I feel like the holes are really big too when he plays. Huge. (laughs) Um, So, you know, Kyle, this is the guy, Kyle Shanahan, who was willing to run a play with Jeff Wilson Jr. at tight end and got him wide open in the Jags game, remember, to end that first drive and just missed him. That was the formation. Jeff Wilson Jr. was lined up at tight end. George Kittle was in the backfield. It was bizarre. When George Kittle was at fullback, Juszczyk was at yes. running back. Yes. And, and, and Jeff and, Wilson uh, Jr. was like attached on the left of the line just off of Trent Williams. Wasn't Ayuk also at tight end or, or something? Maybe Ayuk. Yeah. Was Ayuk in the backfield on that play? I, I just remember someone tweeted Not the Juice. picture. And listed like the seven positions, tight end at fullback, fullback at running back, wide receiver at tight end, tight end yeah. at tackle. No, maybe, maybe Ayuk was a tackle or something. It was weird. That's right. I think it was that. Yeah. I think it was something bizarre like that. But so you're telling me that guy. Now, I do think you agree. I believe that there's a lot of truth in what Kyle said the other day about the difficulty of working Trey Lance in. I think it's true. I think that's real. But also, and I think that quote was more big picture, like why I never really thought about just making him the full-time starter. Yeah. See, to me, that quote was more about like, if I put him in at a certain spot, it's hard for him. It's harder for me than to play the rhythm of the offense. I think your your take was, it was a reflection of what he learned out of the Cardinal game. But I also think it, it was him saying, when I bring this quarterback in halfway through a game for a series, now the defense is not doing anything that I recognize. Yeah, he wasn't talking about just like bringing him in for one play, running a run play, right? Because he doesn't for care like what the coverage is. Yeah, though. he was because he was kind of re- resulting back to or re- going back to rewinding to week three of the preseason when he just ran series and then went back to Jimmy. Like that's yeah, not yeah. possible, right? So. That guy who did all that crazy shit in the Jags game and has been doing that stuff since and then decided, yeah, we're going to use Debo both ways. He can't he really can't find a a way to make up for Debo's loss by working Trey Lance in. I think you're right. I think it might be something more like what you described. 
with both of them on the field at the same time. Anthony in the uh, stream says, remember Kyle's comments after the draft where he basically basically said, don't ever trust what he says. Akash says, IU uh, was in a three-point stance. IU canted the dirt, says Matt. Yeah. So, you know, when I was watching um, the Mannings had on Michael Irvin like a month ago, if you go back to Miami tape, he's like, yeah, we used to, their wide receivers used to have their hand in the dirt, like flexed out wide. And really? he's like, at the time, the wide receiver coach made a lot of sense. He's like, we were all track guys in high school. He's like, when you guys run track, your hands in the dirt. He's like, yeah, you get a faster start. And he's like, looking back, they were making fun of him. Yeah. But obviously, Ayuke was more for like fucking with the formation. I'm talking like out wide, hand in the dirt. Yep. Football's come a long way since like the late 80s. There's a lot of crazy shit that offensive coordinators do out there all the time. I all also the time. think, wouldn't you say on the and flip Kyle's side? Kyle's one of them. Wouldn't Seattle have to just be a complete kitchen sink game for them? Like, what do you got to lose at this for point? For Seattle? Yeah, just, I mean, try some just wild shit. Yeah, I mean, it just depends. Are they all in? Yeah, might quit. Are the, are the, is the team all in? But you're That's right. I mean, in? at this point, what are, they, what are they trying to accomplish? Just, I guess, not lose a rivalry game at this point? Yeah, I remember several years ago, the Bosa year, the Niners won that game in December against a good Seattle team, and they were terrible. Yeah. It's just, you know, I, I think you see it all these divisional games as the season goes on, like the Vikings played Detroit. Like, what the hell is Detroit playing for? Well, it's, would it shock you if it's a tie game in the third quarter? Like, these teams just play hard if they have any sort of... The thing in football, I think more than basketball and definitely more than uh, than baseball, you're just not on scholarship. Like, how many guys on Seattle beside, like, Jamal, Bobby Wagner... And Russell feel like confident, like my job is safe, right? It's just a nature of the sport a little bit. You're you saying know, how that player should feel or how we view that player? No, like, I'm saying like play, DK I, feels like he's yeah. at risk. I'd, I'd throw him in that mix with those guys too. I'm just saying most guys, like your right guard, your linebacker, your random corner, like you just play. It's You, you don't really half-ass it in football like you do in basketball. Now, week 17, you really might mail it in. I do think for the most part, like guys truly try hard week in, week out all over the league. Same with college football. Sometimes you just get beat, right? Because you know, like you can get cut. How many guys on Seattle, you know, that weren't drafted by Seattle have just been cut probably in their life? It's just a nature of the sport. It's why it sounds cheesy, but like coaches hammer this shit home. Like, and and luckily the Niners, this is like, they ain't good enough to go to fucking play anybody. Like we're better than. Like they asked Kyle yesterday, like, do you feel better, different in the room? He's like, for what? Winning three games? It's not. It's not like we've won. It's not like you're the Chiefs and gone to two straight Super Bowls, right? Like you didn't. Yeah. You, you missed the Super Bowl or you missed the playoffs last year. So, I think it'll. Well, we'll get to the Seattle thing in a second because I think it's a telling game for them. But do you think that any part of what Kyle was saying this week about how hard it is for him to work Trey in, any part of it in the back of his mind thought this is one way to mislead Seattle? And sneak Trey Lance into the game? I don't think it's out. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. But by the time he talks, you know, a, a huge part of your game plan is Monday night and Tuesday. So now with an with a divisional opponent, you know, it's it's a it's a fluid carryover thing, right? Like yeah. uh what would the Bengals be considered? What do they call un, the uncommon opponent? I would say Seattle's a little different. Like how many times now has Kyle faced Ken Norton and Pete? You know, in terms of he's the OC versus their defense. So it's, mm-hmm. you know, I don't think it's he, he might stumble upon, hey, we, I think like this look and this look with Trey, because I mean, they've only played them one time with Trey, and Trey played in that game. 
So maybe he's comfortable. Yeah, I don't I don't think it's out out of the realm of possibility. But I but I would even if he plays, it would be you know small amount sample size. Like I don't I wouldn't expect like oh he got 15 plays. Like I would be stunned. I'd be all for it. That'd be cool. But I don't expect that. Do you? Like even no, if I, I told you right now, Kyle was lying. Trey's gonna play. Like and I told you, hey guy, I got inside information. Peters just texted me. Get ready for a little Trey show this week. If I and I said, how many plays would you guess? Uh, yeah, I mean, to me, it's f- four, maybe five. Yeah. I think short, short yardage shit, even though Jimmy's pretty good at that sneak, they sneak. Yeah, it's, third too. It, it's, <laughs> it's not about necessarily needing to pick up a yard so much as it is about just having another pitch right now. You know, if you look back last week, Debo had six carries and four targets the week before against the Jags, Debo had eight carries and two targets. So what you're trying to replace based on the last two weeks of usage is 10 touches. Debo only had one catch and four targets last week, but four targets, right? That's what, that's what you're trying to replace with Debo is, and, and it's, I don't know if you'll be able to get like last two weeks ago, he was 10 touches for basically a hundred yards. Um, and then last week, how many yards did he have in total? We had 66 on the ground. And only one catch, so I can't. It's hard to account for those targets. I mean, one of them was an end zone shot, but it was twelve and sixty six, so seventy eight. So you're trying to create seventy five to one hundred yards with some other plays, which isn't nothing, right? I mean, you only have three hundred fifty four yards offense. That's a quarter of your offense. Yeah. <laughs> and, no, it's and the touchdowns. That's what I'm no saying. Joke. You're not. You, you're trying. To, you're going to have to piece that together. That's not yeah, all. You Trey. Just, yeah, or all Jeff Wilson is not picking up those yards. But I think Trey Lance could be a way that you create 25 yards, you know, or I think 20, I, I, whatever. I, I, I do think it, you know, a nice Kittle 120 receiving. Could you get six? Could you get seven, eight catches for a buck 40 from George? Maybe it, just a, could, maybe just a George on the highest paid tight end in the game. Fuck. Yeah, game. you could use one of those games. <laughs> yeah. That's. Yeah. But again, like you're not it's it's not. You're, you're not taking everything you're saying, George, what you do, plus what Debo does. You're still piecing it together a little bit yeah. here when you lose a player as valuable as Debo. The good thing is they have two premium talents, obviously George, but even Ayuk. Can I up their usage rate 20% each? George, easily you can. Ayuk, like, hey, could I could I get my eight for 100 game out of you? The thing with Kittle is you're like, well, his usage rate is 100%. It's just, I know. is he passing? Is he catching or blocking? Pass blocking, run blocking, pass catching. Or just give it to Elijah 30 Decoying. times for 150 yards. Just run it down their throat. Yeah. So, I don't know. But I've convinced myself that we're going to see some sneaky Trey Lance this week. I agree. And I think it'll if 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 uh, it, it'll just be another reminder. If we see some Trey Lance, let's remember that Kyle this week acted like he can't figure out how to use Trey Lance. And if we don't see Trey Lance, then let's believe what Kyle said, because this would be a week to yeah. work Trey Lance in a little bit. Totally. Um, like you said, good point. Especially he has seen this team. No, they've seen him, but he has seen this team. So maybe that uh, that helps him out a little bit. It is. I think the other thing that's unique about it, given the circumstances for the Seahawks, is just uh, this will be, I think, a telling game for them and how we evaluate them. Because what would you say Pete Carroll's number one? What does Pete Carroll hang his hat on more than anything else? Energy. Competition. Yeah. Just yeah. bringing it bringing it every single time. And if Seattle doesn't bring it, even at three and eight for a rivalry game, kind of embarrassed, lost three in a row, lost six or seven. 
um, then their I mean their season is over guy, there, mathematically. There is but, the guy. There's only one NFC team. There are 16 teams in the NFC. Only the Lions have a worse record. Only the Lions have a worse record than Seattle. Wow. That, to me, that that's the craziest thing to look at. The Bears, the Giants, the I mean, they are in second to last in their conference. That is crazy to look at. Guy, their record in the conference is one and six. They have gotten their ass kicked by the NFC. How is that possible? That's wild. Hell, even when the Niners fell apart, like they were never that far down last year, right? They were competitive. Seattle stopped being competitive. I think this is the kill shot. And to me, this is the kill shot. You knock Seattle out. You just, like we said yesterday or two days ago, this then kind of, you know, bleeds into the story start coming. I think fast and furious. Because you start going three and nine, especially if like the Bears were to win and you start being like two, three games back on the next best team. And it's just like you and the Lions are that shitty. (laughs) You know, it's like you're closer to Dan Campbell than you are Gettleman. Uh, they do play the Bears and the Lions on their schedule, by the way. <laughs> the Bears are one game better. The Lions are obviously winless. Can you imagine if the Lions were to beat Seattle? How uninspired is uh, Seattle Seattle at home for those two games? Oh, against the Bears God. and the Lions? You couldn't pay me if I was a 12 to attend that game. But here's the other on the Don't flip worry, side. The, the 12s might be at. The 12s probably ain't coming to that game. Guy, the Niners, you win this weekend. I mean, they're in the playoffs. Like They're a playoff team. Because if you get to nine this year, you're playoff bound. And they would be seven and five with a game remaining against the Falcons, a game remaining against the Texans. Uh, like they're just in. And they still play the Rams, who they haven't lost to in years. Uh, you know, the Titans game is going to be hard because it's a short week late in the season. Like that game's kind of crazy. A Thursday night game in December, you got to travel to Tennessee. I mean, that's. What the fuck is that? I'm not trying to be some Niner homer here, but I've always believed that Thursday night games, I would even say like mid-October, but if you wanted to go Halloween, should stay in the same time zone. It's mm-hmm. it's very... I even thought that with the Cowboys and Raiders. Like, that's, that's a hard ask. Short week, November 25th to go multiple time zones? God damn. Like, honestly, shouldn't it just be a divisional game? And I get it's, you know, that got Goodell's got the guy in the room with all the schedules. It's not easy, but play the Titans 12-23, 12-23 Thursday night game to the Titans. Can we just give them a loss there? I could understand not wanting it to be a divisional game because it's almost too valuable to give somebody the home field for a Thursday night. Oh, I but I'm with you. But it's still, I mean, at least it's not even a conference game. Uh, but I'm with you. It's still a wild game. But I also think to your original point, if you beat Seattle, now you've beaten the Vikings and the Seahawks back to back. Probably I think what guy that the, no one the Niners could play on their schedule beside the divisional opponents wouldn't feel like that because they the Lions, the Eagles, the Bengals, the Jags, like all their games, the Bears yeah, well, that's, are all pretty far. You're I, right. I would say I'd say you're better off playing a divisional game that way. But again, they're just really valuable games, those divisional games. So I would understand. We could have a debate about which one is more of a disadvantage for a team. Um, but keep in mind, like Atlanta, the other thing is you want to stay ahead of these teams. You play Atlanta in a few weeks. Now, Atlanta's not a playoff team. But if you were to lose a couple of games and they were to beat you and the next thing you know, you have the same record and you're both the eights, you know, you're battling for the seven spot. So you just got to stay ahead of that. I, I think what beating Seattle would do, mathematically, it makes you comfortable because just being a couple games over 500, you'd be seven and five. The Rams play Jacksonville this week, so they should 
they should be eight and four. But it does keep you within striking distance of them, too, which would be kind of crazy. Right? Because you still play them, and you've already beat them. They were like seven and one, and now they're leaking oil, guy. Big time. I mean, look at the Rams' schedule. So we'll give them a win against the Jacksonville Jags, but I still think they play the cards again. So they go the Jags at Arizona, Seattle, which is easy. At Minnesota, I mean, Minnesota this week gets the Lions. They're still going to be fighting for the seven seed. They're they're alive and well. That Minnesota's going to try to win that game at the Ravens and then the Niners. At the Rams? Ravens, week seventeen. What's the temperature going to be in January second in Baltimore? When's the last snow? time Stafford played a really important game January against an opponent like the Ravens? Good luck there, buddy. And I like that. I hate feel like I, I am pro no, Matt I Stafford. I know, but but there are questions, legitimate <laughs> yeah, questions that he's not really answering as the season's going on. So. Do you agree nine and like it's nine and eight to you in the playoffs? Because if when you look at the breakdown of everything, I, I think it's it's in. Uh, I think nine and eight in the NFC is in the playoffs. Yes, and the good news is, like it's if you're the Niners, we're recording this before Thursday Night Football. Do you want the Saints to win or the Cowboys to win? Saints are yeah. five and six. Kill shot to them if they lose. To me, right? you want all those teams: Carolina, the Eagles. Just you want let them. Dallas win. Yeah. And then it's you've already beaten Minnesota, so you have the head-to-head. Philly's not a playoff team. Carolina's not a playoff team. Atlanta should not be a playoff team. You play them, so you control that. To me, if you're yeah. to me if you're the Niners, you root for Minnesota just to end up at the seventh, you, and you don't even care about them. But you just you just want everyone to keep losing. You get the six and keep the five alive. Because here's yeah, the thing, guy. You know what the five alive means? How about you get the NFC East winner? Dallas, what if the football team comes storming back? I'll take my chances with McCarthy and Dallas all game long. I don't want yep. any part of Arizona. Clearly, be a very hard matchup. <laughs> uh, there should be a lot of Niner fans if they played Dallas at Dallas. Tampa, very tough, and obviously the Green Bay. I you t- you don't want to fuck with Lambeau division, but Dallas game one, Niners Cowboys. Where do you think they put that bad boy? Al Michaels, Chris, Sunday night. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. There's a big difference between playing the. The South winner, Tampa, the North winner, Green Bay, or the East winner, Dallas, at this point. I think you feel pretty good about all three of those teams winning those divisions. I think Dallas is pretty flawed. Yeah. And has the worst quarterback. Well, I like Dak. I've said it on record more than Kyler. Kyler. But I disagree. For the I've said it on record as well. But I just I've seen the matchup and I know the Arizona's no joke. And I know that little guy. Now, granted, he's not He scares you more than Dak, doesn't he? Well, you see, he's not even a lock to play this week. Like he's look at the little guy; he gets hurt injured. Yeah, it takes a little while. I know, but they're they're they've won so many games that they don't have to rush. Do you feel as good about him though? If I tell you, you know, he never gets back to hundred percent. No, I don't. He's got to be full. If he hundred percent, Kyler, agree. Terrifying little matchup. Give me eighty percent, Kyler. Not. I, I think I'd take. I'd flip on you. Then I, I'll take Cliff and eighty percent Kyler. Then over that fully healthy Dak. You would if take eighty percent Kyler over Dak. No, I, I'm saying if I'm the Niners and I oh yeah, yeah, a, yeah, if I could pick a playoff opponent, I would rather right. have Cliff and a and a hobbled Kyler than the Cowboys. If all their guys come back, CD and Amari and Micah Parsons and all those guys, I'd just like okay, I, I'll take Arizona because because yeah. the one thing Kyle is comfortable seeing them, right? Yeah, yeah. And well, I do think defense- um, Amari, who's covering CD Lamb for the Niners, would be a problem. Yeah, CD and Amari. Yeah. Trent um, can block Micah Parsons. Tony Pollard and Zeke. Zeke's healthy. Yeah. So, 
I, I think the other part of it, and you said it to start this conversation, if you're seven and five and you just beat Seattle, or it feels like you should beat Seattle, but I think people would start to exhale a little bit if you actually take care of that team. I completely agree. But it's hard. I mean, Cincinnati's better. What, I'm not breaking they, any. If they, news if they here. beat Seattle, that builds up to a, an enormous game in Cincinnati that luckily the repercussions of losing that aren't as devastating as what we just witnessed last week, right? Minnesota, San Francisco. Like you can lose that game and you're still okay, but it's a huge game, right? But you yeah. can lose it. Well, the, the good news for the Niners, like they play some of these teams that are, that, you know, the Minnesota game, they play, basically they play the Minnesota game again when they play Atlanta. So if Atlanta is still, I don't, I don't know that week 15 Atlanta will still be in the conversation. I don't really think they're in the conversation now. No, you just got to win this weekend and then we'll just focus on Cincinnati, which is just a huge game because you, you win that all of a sudden, like, are the fucking Niners good? On to Cincinnati, John. We're on to Cincinnati. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Can't be on a Cincinnati a lot. Yeah. Very true. Gotta win. Gotta win this game. So yeah. Uh before we go any further, let's tell the people about this time of year. If you're like Middlecoff, I know what Middlecoff had on his old Tootsies taking the trash out this morning in uh 48, but it feels like 10 degrees. He had his Overland slippers on at overland.com slash ham. You can get the best, highest quality sheepskin slippers on the market. Yes, you can. Overland.com slash ham. Family-owned American Heritage brand puts comfort and quality first for nearly 50 years. And sometimes you hear that and you go, you know, it's an easy thing to say. You and I have these slippers. We swear by these slippers. We know these slippers. Quality comes first. They are warm, comfy, but durable. Like you said, I can go out in the morning, take the trash, see Billy, see Maureen, my neighbors, and wave to them as I'm going to pick throw. up that DoorDash I, breakfast. I actually don't have a Billy, but uh, it just you see people, you wave to them, don't even know half their names, uh, and uh, wearing my slippers. They don't get dirty. I wear them right back into the house. Overland.com slash ham. What sets them apart is that they're the only one of the, they're one of the only brands in the world using true double-faced sheepskin. Ooh. So the suede you see on the outside is the same piece as the fluffy sheepskin you feel on the inside. It makes it lighter makes it more durable and uh, comfier than you could imagine. These are the ones to get. Don't wait another day to slip into something way more comfortable. Get the best, the highest quality sheepskin slippers on the market at overland.com slash ham. That's overland.com slash ham. Podcast is also brought to you by Trade Coffee. Go to drinktrade.com slash ham. Oh, by the way, I should mention, John, at Overland, you get free shipping and free returns. Oh. Go to drinktrade.com slash ham and then use the promo code ham to get $20 off your first three bags of some of the best coffee in the world at drinktrade.com slash ham. Guy, their goal is to make every cup of coffee, coffee your best ever. Uh, and here's what happens. The trade will match you to coffees that you'll love. They have 400 plus craft coffees and will send you freshly roasted bag as often as you'd like. Trade guarantees you'll love your first match. On the off chance that you don't, they'll replace it with a different bag. They'll give You can give feedback as you sip, as your preferences evolve, and as they change. And you can feel good about every cup since the trade partners with 55-plus small U.S.-based roasters. That's the key, guy. Get the roasters that are American-made, committed to ethical and sustainable sourcing. So for our listeners, right now, Trade is offering a total of $20 off your first three bags, guy, at checkout. To get yours, go to drink trade.com slash ham and use the promo code ham at checkout. Take the quiz to start your journey to the perfect cup. 
That's drinktrade.com slash ham, promo code ham for $20 off your first three bags. Holiday season, get the coffee. That's right. Maybe the coffee lover in your life would love a gift of better coffee. Get their personalized gift subscription to trade. Enjoy. Now we're talking. Mm -hmm. All right, John, check this out. Here's a story uh, I'll read to you uh, from USA Today. A 45-year-old man declared dead was found alive after seven hours in a morgue freezer this month. A 45-year-old man in India was found alive after he was declared dead and kept in a morgue freezer for seven hours. According to the Times of India, uh, Srikesh Kumar was hit by a motorbike in India on November 18th, taken to a hospital in critical condition. Doctors later declared him dead, and he was moved to a freezer the following day. When his family went to identify the body seven hours later, his sister-in-law noticed he was moving. The emergency medical officer had seen the patient at around 3 a.m., and there was no heartbeat. He told me that he had examined the man multiple times, said the superintendent. He was transferred to another medical facility, was still in a coma, but undergoing further treatment. The investigation was open to determine how he was declared dead. It's nothing short of a miracle. Do you know what I'm a big believer in, guy? What's that? The cold. I don't like it, but I have started to take cold showers. I've heard, uh, I'm like Rogers, uh, Rogan has had on a guy before, talk about Lewis Howes, I think is big on the cold shower. It's great for your body. It's great for your metabolism. It's great for health. Literally wakes think, you up, it turns out. Yeah, it's incredible. And it, 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 uh, it's good for your joints. It's good to, to bloat. It's good for everything. And I think, you ever seen Demolition Man? Sylvester Stallone gets in some trouble. Mm. And he, they put him in this uh, freezer. And a thousand years later, he comes back to life. And I do wonder. Now, obviously, this guy he thought he died on impact of a motorcycle crash. If they would not have frozen him, I wonder if you know put him in like the freezing tank. I wonder if he lives. I don't. If think they just like left him out. Yeah, and just like you know, like leaving out raw food or something instead of mm-hmm. putting it in the fridge. Mm-hmm. That's an incredible story. Well, in any event, John, the Raiders are six and five, and playing the Washington Football Team this week, and I thought they were toast. I thought there was no way they were beating the Cowboys short week on Thursday. I thought, thought they, they were, were like the Kumar guy. I thought they were. They were, were yes. <laughs> Put them in the freezer. I thought they were done. And yet here they are. And I got to admit, they ain't done. What do you think? Was that the They're biggest the mo- seed right now? I, I know we had talked about this a little bit, but was that the biggest moment of Derek's career when you factor in 38 million people watched? Yeah, he didn't play in their playoff game. It was their season hanging in the balance. It was against the Dallas Cowboys on Thanksgiving, and the game really mattered, and he played fantastic. Yes, I think it was the biggest moment of his career. He played fantastic, especially like undermanned, right? Obviously, we know Ruggs is gone, but Waller got hurt. And Deshaun Jackson, like, you got to give them a, like, like, they have a little bit of something. Like, they've developed a little just immediately. Uh, guy, the, the AFC West this weekend, if you look, are they the deepest division in football? The worst, they're all six and five beside the Chiefs yeah. who were seven and four. So the Chargers played the Bengals. The Broncos play the Chiefs. They got flexed into Sunday night, which I think people are like, you're, you're really flexing in the Broncos just from Mahomes. Now, honestly, that game doesn't look terrible. And the Raiders play the football team, and the football team has a little life. Like, there's some big fucking games here in the AFC West this weekend. Like, could they get three teams in? It's not inconceivable. Probably not likely, but I think they're they're getting two, right? Uh, not a lock, but it feels like v- well. I mean, possible. Chargers. Chargers play the Bengals this week. They could de- at Cincinnati. They could definitely lose that game and be six and six. 
the Raiders win, they'd be seven and five. I mean, they'd be who knows. The, Bron- you know. the Broncos are a ten point underdog, so if they lose, they'll be. So let's say the Chargers and the Broncos lose, which by the way six. would be six. And as you said to me the other day, Vic Fangio, we keep every year we talk about like ah well Vic, like he's a stopgap. We talk about him I like mean, Ben McAdoo or something. He hasn't had a quarterback, and he's not in charge of drafting the quarterback, and he's gone seven to nine, five and eleven. He's six and five right now. It might be a five hundred ish. You know, you can't go five hundred anymore. I, I do think when you look Although at the Pittsburgh Raiders, could. when you look at the Raiders' schedule, though. This weekend is kind of must win for them. Then they go at Chiefs, which even if they win this weekend, if the Chiefs win, what are they a eight point underdog? What would the Se- Raiders be at the Chiefs? Yeah, six, seven plus. No, no. Broncos are ten, so maybe they'd be seven. Uh, yeah, I would. I think they'd be like six and a half. Okay, so they're a big underdog. Then they play the Browns, who are in shambles, but like Miles Garrett has like seventy five sacks. And then they just have a tough, like, this is just going to be a tough three-game stretch for them to end the season. Versus the Broncos in Vegas, and they got their ass kicked by them early, right? Denver got their ass kicked, so they're, I would imagine they'll try. And you watch Denver, like, they're not bad. At Colts, like, that game's going to be hard, because the Colts are going to be playing for a wild card spot, and then finish with the Chargers, who already beat them. Like, that's just, I, I think the Bronco, Colts, Chargers, Chiefs, like, those four games... If the Raiders can just go two and two in those games and beat Washington, I mean, you're looking at a nine and eight team with a very good chance to get in the playoffs. Because the way you look at the AFC, a little bit like the NFC, nine and eight might get you in. It might not be the sixth seed like the NFC, but it might be the seventh. Because the Colts, hell, the Colts could be better than you and they might be nine and eight, right? They're six and six right now. Which doesn't feel like that's what they should be, but it's because they got in such a. They started one and four. They always start so slow under Frank. New episodes out. Uh, midseason hard knocks. I haven't watched it yet, but oh, where do I watch that again? HBO Max. Cool. So, yeah, I, I just don't trust the Chargers. You, you know there are questions. I, I saw you retweeted it yet, so I went and watched it. Like, I think people are kind of on. I don't know if Keenan Allen, he's had a lot of drops this year. And I just think you watch their offense. Herbert's been off. They've had some drops. It's just a weird shit going on with the Chargers. You know, well, they're, they're, such, they're smaller brands, so I don't think we talk about them enough. Or, I mean, a lot. Not enough, but we do. We're talking about a lot. But they kind of fly under the radar a little bit, right, For for a team that should be pretty good. I think based on who they have been historically, people don't quite take the Chargers seriously. They don't. So when there's expectations for the Chargers, I think people love to get into the hype of them. And then if they don't meet them, people don't pile on them for failing to meet expectations. They just go away. It's like, yeah, okay. Um, They're like the Jets without the anger. And they're doing the Jets without the anger as like, you know, Lincoln Riley arrives in L.A. and the Rams have the – Stafford, like the Rams are a huge story because of their failures. Like it's different for the Rams, right? The Rams expectations, if they fall short, they're it's a big story. If the Chargers fall short, it's like, well, what have they proven? What why do I have expectations to begin with? Anyway, so yeah, I think the AFC, but even then, like we're talking about they're struggling. They're six and five. Like But do you feel great about like even just the Raiders against the football team? Like that's gonna be hard. Like their their margin for error now yeah, in these but- games. It is going to be hard, but I go back to Derek. He is so much better than Taylor Heineke. Oh, way better. And even though Darren Waller's not playing. Guy, at this time last year, there wasn't a soul that knew who Taylor Heineke was. And in, and with all due respect, the, in all likelihood, the way the NFL works with quarterbacks, 
in two years, we'll be back to remember Taylor Heineke. Yeah. If it's not that, I'll give him. I mean, I'll give him a ton of credit for what he is. He's on, but it, he plays like he's on borrowed time. <laughs> so yeah. he's not their solution. Um, but you're right about the AFC. I mean, just look right now, though, uh, you don't get to an under 500 team in the AFC until you get to the 13th team in the AFC, Miami at five and seven. Okay, 12 teams are 500 or better in the sneaky, AFC. I think the, I think the Dolphins are sneaky kind of hot right now. They won Five and seven, and, yeah. <laughs> Tua, there's like all these Tua's figured it out. Like they figured out how to work with Tua stories. Uh, have you seen a couple of those? Like, oh, they're Yeah, but they, they've been playing strength. the Jets and the Texans. I mean, look who they, they beat the Texans, they beat the Jets, and they beat the Panthers. Okay. They, beat the, they beat the Ravens, but that was on Thursday Night Football at home. So, John, you have to get to the 13th team to find a team under 500 in the AFC. Actually, in the, the NFC, could, they play the Giants and Jets next two games. They could be seven and seven before no. you look. In the NFC, you can't even get through the playoff teams before you get to a team under five hundred. The Niners six, they're over five hundred. Then Washington is five and six, seven. So there's basically you could argue twice as many solid teams. Now, I mean, Philly, you know, New Orleans, these teams are not easy. Atlanta, these are sub five hundred teams, but they're sub five hundred teams. Well, I think if you, if you're a Niner or Vikings fan, you want Minnesota, you want the Raiders to just knock Heineke out because if they win this game, they'd be six and six and right in the mix, right, for a playoff spot. Rivera, yeah, like they wouldn't be going away because they do have a good, de- you know, they have good players on defense. They haven't had a good defense this season. Washington would all of a sudden be alive if they win this week. They just would numerically. What's their schedule look like? I mean, I would imagine it's got some. It's hard to play the schedule game, but but it's, I, I'm sure they've got some uh, NFC East games. Yeah, they got da- the Cowboys twice, the Eagles twice, and the Giants. Because I, I saw someone say on I Cowboys said, ain't beating them twice, are they? In two in three weeks. Well, it's like maybe I saw this headline on Twitter. If the Reds or the football team were to win this week, like they would not be out of it in that division because they. I didn't realize they played them twice. Cowboys. Cowboys should be rooting for the Raiders. Yeah, that's an easy one. Football uh, teams can, won three straight games, guy. Beat the Bucks, Panthers, and Seattle. Beat the Raiders. Then they got the Cowboys, Cowboys and Eagles to end the season. That's it. Read the comment on the screen. Jack Del Rio. <laughs> I don't know. This even, I mean, is Jack Del Rio really called plays? I forgot it was Del Rio revenge game. Yeah, it's a Del Rio revenge game. He's kind of vindicated a little bit. Is he going to walk in and kind of swinging it? You know, hell yeah! Did you see the shots of him on the sideline the other day? Feeling himself, fired up. Yeah, him and him and Ron were fired up. They, they like fun. throw like a nut at something. It's kind of weird. In like, like a, a celebration. Yeah, it's I don't, I don't quite know what's going on. Well, did you see? I watched the Brian Kelly introductory press conference I mentioned to you, and uh, I was laughing to myself. I, the reason I watched it was I wanted to see if Brian Kelly would say the same shit that every other coach says. Because Brian Kelly has a lot of cachet. You know, like, would he say that, I can't wait to learn all your traditions. Well, when they introduced him, the a- he and the AD hold like a pipe. Did you see? Oh, he put up the L. Did you see the pipe? They hold like a no. like a two-foot-long piece of pipe. It looks like maybe it came off of a, a, a goalpost or it was like the original bathroom at tiger stadium. This was the, I don't know. It's like a pipe and it's got a number written on it and they both hold, they hold a piece of the pipe and pose for a photo. Like, What is this pipe? Like a round, you know, it's like a big piece of PVC pipe. I don't know. I didn't Google it. Somebody can tell me, I don't know what that tradition is, but 
One thing he busted out that even Lincoln didn't, Lincoln doesn't need to, but Brian knew, you know, he had to play the game a little bit. I'll be a reporter. Hey, coach, uh, this is uh, James from uh, KRXT Channel 4. Uh, just want to say congratulations. I need to ask the questions, and then Brian would answer. Well, hey, James, nice to meet you. Hey, James, good to see you. We'll be seeing a lot of you. He would answer every reporter. It's like, okay, Brian gets it a little bit because Brian ain't doing that shit at Notre Dame 12 years in, right? He's not no, I also think that. he probably feels like the heat right now. He's got to get a few, a few yeah, people He wants on some side. allies. Yeah, and it's an easy one. And it, the, the easiest part for Brian Look Kelly forward to working with you. Is the football part. Now, his coordinators, he wanted to bring them both. Both are staying. One guy's the head coach. You see how young Marcus Tommy Freeman Reese, is? 35. Marcus Freeman's 35. Tommy Reese, 29. I love Tommy yeah. Reese was like, this is where I want to be. It's like, wait, Tommy went, he played quarterback in Notre Dame, right? Yeah. But he's, I mean, well, he, Tommy Reese prideful. smells the head coaching job. I just think he's prideful in it. Absolutely. You know? If you're him, why wouldn't you? His dream might be be at Notre Dame for life and win a national championship at Notre Dame, which is not out of the realm of possibility. I there don't some, think it's impossible. Millennials are having a good run right now, guy. Especially if we the have, playoff expands. Yeah. The, Notre Dame, if the playoff expanded, what would Notre Dame be? Like a six seed? It'd be the playoff every single year. Yeah. Well, I mean, they wouldn't have the automatic, but, you know, if the playoff expands, you get an automatic for a conference champ. There's five spots, but still, yeah, they'd be in every year. Aren't, aren't, isn't the playoff expanding next year? Eh, we'll see. Well, why, why not next year? I think it might, because ESPN has the, ESPN has the rights to the playoff. And if they expand the playoff before ESPN's rights expire, then ESPN has exclusive negotiating rights for the playoff. So in other words, you just give ESPN, the football would be giving ESPN. So you're saying like Fox and CBS will try to hold off. I'm saying the reason to hold off is so that you could have Fox and CBS and oh, Apple and Amazon oh, and everybody oh, I, bid on it together. I fall as it. opposed to ESPN has the exclusive in their deal, the exclusive negotiating rights. If something changes in the playoff before the end of their contract, Rob asked, what team is John a fan of Raiders? Obviously. Yeah. Die Big hard. Raider Homer, John Middlecoff. Big Homer. Big Homer. Yeah. Die hard. Uh, I just saw a photo as we record this on Thursday of the, uh, let me see if I can show this to you. Well, whatever you can find it on the internet of the field at Allegiant stadium, speaking of the Raiders where the PAC 12 championship game will be played on Friday night. It looks to me, I just texted somebody to ask, it looks like they're on a grass field. Uh, I would imagine they might give them the, the Raiders. The grass, well, it looks like they're, I think they're using the grass field. Because for people who don't know at Allegiant, they roll UNLV uses a turf field and they roll in the Raiders grass. Maybe I will show you the photo. It looks like a grass field to me. And I guess it's two days difference, right? So it's not like a Saturday Sunday thing. The Eagles have been doing it for years. Temple plays there on Saturdays all the time. The football team game is a Raider uh, home game, right? Yeah, uh, that's grass field. Oops. The University of Miami and uh, the Dolphins do it, so it's. Looks like grass to me. Yeah, it looks good. I think. I mean, I. Th but it's hard to tell. The lines could be turf. The paint makes it look like it's grass. It's a. It's a big upgrade. Listen, Le it was cool at Levi's. I went to a couple. I actually saw one. Mariota. Do you know who the game I went to? Mariota huh. beat to go to the Rose Bowl. He beat Arizona and Rich Rod. <laughs> that feels like a long time ago. Rich Rod made the. Oh, I think SC again. wasn't SC was not eligible to go, and I think Arizona replaced him in the Pac-12. They title beat game the year. shit out of him, and I remember going on the field, and Bernardi was 
Everyone was, uh, you know, Buckner was on that team. Dimitrov was there because Buckner and Armstead were on that team. I remember going to warm-ups like, God, these guys are huge. But uh, it's a big game for uh, for old Mario because if you're going to get – he gets a lot of love nationally, you know. And I, I think sometimes – and listen, I, I'm not an Oregon hater, but I think sometimes we act like – and we did this a little bit with Chip and we're doing it – like they have been good our entire life. Like, and maybe it's because we were a little, being Fresno State guys, Fresno had like this weird rivalry, even though Oregon always won, but they played these incredible games. Like Oregon was always, when Fresno would play them, we're always like had a teen next to their name. And it wasn't like 19, it was like 12. I guess 12 is not a teen, but like 14, 15. Like they were always ranked. Bilotti was winning a lot. Like this is a high level program. And Chip was clearly on a different level. And I think Mario, different than Chip, his recruiting is like on a Saban level. But he got his he got the living shit kicked out of him two weeks ago. And I just, and you and I bet on that game. I would not bet on this game. Not because I just think Utah's a lock again, but I don't feel like, I'm not confident in, in Oregon in this spot at all. It's alarming to me how many people are picking Utah. I understand. They won 30-7 to seven the last time. Um, as we sit here Thursday, I'm beginning to think Oregon wins this game. Now, there's a lot of things Utah do really well. I think Utah, in some ways, is the better, more complete team. But I also think it would be I, – I, I, they lost 30-7. to seven. That's not who Oregon is. Oregon might not be as – maybe maybe Utah is just better. Their quarterback is. I mean, Anthony Brown completed under 50% of his passes, John. He's had three games this year in which he completed less than – 50% of his passes. Think about that. 50%. Three times. Under 50. Not. I didn't say 60. I said 50. Now, that said, one of those games was Ohio State. And he's proven to be dangerous with his legs. He was very dangerous in that game. He can I run. I think he's a pretty good decision maker. He's just not an accurate thrower. Like, he threw a pick against UCLA that was a bad throw. It was a good decision. The receiver was open. He just missed him. Jimmy Garoppolo just raised his hand and said, I'm not either, and I play hey, man. in the NFL. <laughs> uh, so I I think I, Utah could very well win again. Would not surprise me in the slightest. They're really good. But they've lost one game since September. I mean, they've been really – and it was yeah, Oregon that was, State. That was the Oregon State game. They're up 14 game. to nothing on the road. But this game is not a home game. I think the fact that that was Rice-Eccles uh, at home – is very different than neutral site. Now, there's going to be a lot of Utah fans here at Allegiant. There'll be a lot of Oregon fans. But playing at Rice Eccles at night is one of the most underrated home field advantages in all of college football. I think people I don't agree. realize that place is fucking awesome. Having been there many times, it's awesome. Throw up the U. It's the U versus the O. Um, so I, I love this game. I said on the last podcast, I'm fired up for this game. And I think what you said is the biggest reason I'm fired up for this game. Oregon has a lot to lose in this game. Now, Utah has a lot to gain. They win Pac-12 champs, Whittingham flex. Who knows? Maybe it wouldn't shock me if you well, retired. Well, got to go to the Rose Bowl for the first time ever. Go to the Rose Bowl ever, win the Pac-12 for the first time ever. You think he'd retire? I've heard from Sean O'Connell over the years that just he's not a guy that's going to stay too long, that he loves hanging out with his family and riding his motorcycle and that he wouldn't stay too long. So what a way. I mean, this year's been a taxing year. They've had two players die. Aaron Lowe during the year, Ty Jordan in the offseason. Uh, it was Christmas Day last year that he was killed by an accidental gunshot wound. Aaron Lowe was shot and killed during the year. Best friends, both wore number 22. I mean, absolutely taxing year. But Oregon, 
will have Oregon, who has like been in USC's absence, filled the gap as the flag bearer. Washington's been down. Stanford's been down. Oregon has stepped right into it. Oregon's been at it for a while, too. Yeah, <laughs> right? But, like you said, yeah. it's been chip. Helfrich went to a, say what you want, national championship game. Won a Rose Bowl, right? Well, yeah. Then, now Mario. Like, this team has been in the CFP mix. They played Auburn. They beat Ohio State. Now Lincoln actually won multiple Rose Bowls because he beat Jameis, even though it wasn't technically the Rose Bowl. But but wasn't that the game that sent him to the national title? Yeah, but I'm saying, didn't he also win a Rose Bowl with Mariota? Oh, and another Rose Bowl. I thought. That wasn't Chip's. Yeah, you're right. Uh, I don't think Chip ever coached Mariota, but I could be wrong. So uh, you might be right. You might be right about that. But as Lincoln Riley is now building his empire in L.A., John, <laughs> getting fucking five stars like by the second, um, it's it's important for Oregon to reestablish not only its position in the league, but I think to your point, they would be losing twice to Utah, John. I was wrong. Not in the same year, Chip Coach Mariota. No, they just his Rose Bowl win was that win. Oh, okay. Uh They'd be losing twice in 13 days, Middlecoff. 13 days from Friday to the last time they played. It feels like it's three weeks because it's, you know, this will be the third game in three weeks. 13 days since Utah beat them till the championship game Friday night. That's not a lot of time to lose twice to the same team. And part of the deal was when Washington went to the uh, uh, Peach Bowl and lost to Alabama, the conversation really heated up in the Pac-12 that the league needs bigger players on the lines. You need to be bigger if you're going to hang with the SEC and the Big Ten. And Oregon has been the one, and Washington did it on the defensive line especially, but Oregon's been the one that took that and said, we're going to be the ones that build ourselves on the lines. Well, guess who else is good on the lines? Utah. They just do it with three stars. So to plant your flag in the league as our, as the number one team, to plant your flag on the team that can recruit in a way that nobody else can recruit in the Pac-12 to this point, and then be beat by the team that just develops three-star big dudes and three stars other places, I think that'd be a tough pill to swallow for Oregon. It'd be well, a shot to the to the rep. Yeah, it won't count 2020 because it just doesn't count in the Pac-12. Just an uncountable year. In 19, once Mario had been in control for a little bit, he went 12-2. and two. And that, to me, when it felt like then they won the Rose Bowl with Herbert, like that put him on the map, got him paid, and got him some juice. This year, they are 10-2. and two. So, like, you win this game 11-2, and two, it's a pretty good year. But you got to win. I, I think 10-3, and three, while it looks good a couple years back, looking back, it actually would feel like a huge letdown, especially after they peaked Ohio State, right? And I and I think ten and three. Uh, there's different years. I think losing to Utah twice in thirteen days is what would do it because yeah. you could have solid ten and three years where you know what it's not what we wanted, but eleven and um, two. You go to the Rose Bowl. You've gone to the Rose Bowl two times oh. in basically your last two years. He's in good shape. This is a huge yeah. game, and he's not yeah. the better coach in the game. You know, that's the thing. Well, we'll see. But I'm just saying, like, yeah, maybe on this individual guy, I'm just saying Whittingham is just a better coach. Like, we have the evidence, right? He's been a he's had a he's much been a, I mean, career. Mario's year three as the head coach at Oregon, though. So, you know, he will have the opportunity if he wins at Oregon to do things that Kyle Whittingham yeah, hasn't done. At for sure, it's a big moment. Like, like you said, ultimately Whittingham Whittingham's resume is pretty well established. This would be a huge crowning achievement. This is a much bigger moment for Mario I, than it is Kyle. Yeah, now, that said, two other points. One, on Whittingham establishing his resume. 
I do think so much of the way we talk about Utah is like, man, what they were able to do with what they have. Like what I said, yeah, they make three stars pros. But they do. But that's different. They do. But that's different than they're the best team in the Pac-12. Yeah. You know, we don't we talk about them like, yeah, man, what they do is really impressive. Good for those guys. But are they the best team in the Pac-12? Because that's what they would be if they win this game. Well, they'd be like, yeah, we're way better in Oregon. Especially if they won this game by like yeah. 10. And they have two games where the margin of victory is like 50 points. Absolutely. It would be Absolutely. one of the most incredible accomplishments, even in a down season, in the history of the conference. I do think the other thing, just my other point on Oregon would be, this is college football is kind of crazy, that this is what it comes down. Like we wouldn't, in the NFL, you don't talk about games this way or teams this way for the most part. Now, Peyton's legacy in a game against the Patriots after he's lost, like after, but like in the NFL, it'd be like, yeah, well, whatever. They'll maybe they'll meet again in the playoffs. You know, Oregon will have another shot at him. You know, we don't talk this way. Like it's like getting getting swept in your division in the NFL one year does not make us reevaluate what we think of you as a coach, right? Because it happens, because it's happened. Because I'd say the bigger difference in the pros than college, especially in a situation like this, Mario's been getting a reach around by no, everybody because sure. he's recruiting out of his ass. And but he has earned it. Has... He did beat Ohio State on the road this year. No, That's not I'm, I'm, de- I'm, I'm defending Mario. Like, Mario is recruiting Ohio State, Alabama, Georgia players. Like, that's what he's been doing. So it's like, it shouldn't be an even match. Utah is getting two and three stars. Now, he develops them into pros, but ultimately, like, Mario and Chris and and Kyle are not recruiting the same player. Kyle would gladly take some of the guys that he gets, right? You know, what would he do for Thibodeau? A lot. But he he creates. The irony is Devin Lloyd, his linebacker, might be the defensive player of the year in the Pac-12, number zero. Guy, I saw that guy in a mock draft in the top fifteen. Who is this yeah. character? Yeah, it's good. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you this though: Mario wasn't recruiting him out of high school. So that that to me is where like God, I love this. In Kyle, in the pros, you get a lot of credit for like moves, like chess match. But like, okay, they they got Aaron Donald. Well, the Niners got Nick Bosa. Well, they got uh, Matt Stafford. Well, they got Trent Williams, right? It, like in college, that's what Georgia and Alabama. It's like, yeah, they both got sweet. Every once in a while, you get something like this, which I would even say Utah, they're just so much different than if it had been like, you know, USC, right? Or even Arizona State, like Herm's going after the big guys. Like Utah just has a formula. Just It's a pretty cool story that's just not happening in these other conferences, partly because Utah just entered it within the last decade. And what they've become, they were the, they were truly a little engine that could. It'd be like if Cincinnati's just in the Big Twelve, and all of a sudden Cincinnati's beaten, you know, if Texas and Oklahoma hadn't left, like was beating Texas and Oklahoma, it'd be crazy. I'm just doing a quick search. I think it occurs to me, you know, I think Kyle, I think Kyle Whittingham's a college football Hall of Famer. Um, and I think maybe that conversation would start if he were to. I've never, maybe people have talked about it before. I've never really thought about it until I just thought like, what would we think of Kyle Whittingham if he wins this game? Now, I think how, he might be a he? Ho- uh, or, uh, 63. I think he just turned 63, I think. God damn, I was going to guess he was like 55. He looks fantastic. He looks good. I think he turned 63 the day after they beat Oregon, actually. Now that I think about it. Because I is remember- he the youngest? Yes, yeah, he the youngest. He is- He's sixty-two. He turns. He he just turned sixty-two, November twenty-first. Okay, so he so turns sixty-two. The day Jenny Tafter, I remember, wished him happy birthday after the game on the broadcast, and he was like, "Hey, keep it down." You know where he was born? Uh, Southern California. Yeah, Central California. 
Where? I have Stockton? a connection there. San Luis Where? Obispo. Oh, kind of cool. That is cool. Yeah. Play to BYU, but you have to be 70 and you have to have a winning percentage of at least 60% to be a college football as a coach to be a college football hall of famer, which I, I think he absolutely has to probably I know have. this. Andy Reid loves the guy like has been close friends with him. I His mean, son works for Andy. Years. One of Kyle's sons works on the chief staff. And in Steve Young's book, he talks about Kyle was like their star linebacker when Steve, you know, was trying to become the starter. Kyle was a really good college player at BYU. It's kind of crazy that, you know, the BYU guy just kind of established his legacy. Like, he was a part of some pretty legendary BYU teams, right? Steve Young, Jim McMahon. Like, I think I think they were humming back then. And he, he you know, he was their star linebacker, and he's become, I mean, guy, he's been at Utah now. Well, it's just going on year 16. And really, he's been uh, there since. I think it's 18. Do you know Kyle Whittingham started coaching at the University of Utah in 1994? Yeah. 94 to two, like, when are we ever going to see anything like that again in Power Five college football? Like, does Lincoln Riley have 2021 to 2044? Like, no chance, right? No, no. He's the second longest. He was the third longest tenure coach of college football until only Kirk Ferentz um, and Gary Patterson would have been at his school as the head coach longer. I mean, he's having a Stoops type 20 year run. I don't think Stoops was 20 years, I think he was like 15. 15 is a long time as a head coach. Uh, G on the stream says, AB got suspended three games for lying about the Vax. Isn't he out anyway? I thought he claimed that it was his real Vax. Misrepresented his status. What do you mean? I don't know. I don't care enough to actually read the details of that story. Yes! Antonio Brown, you can't make this shit up. I'm glad I wa- I almost tweeted out three years ago. I would have talking mad shit to the journalist because I was like, that seems like a pretty like if you're going to put that out there based on just the chef telling you the information and then immediately the team got his back. I'm like, I could see, you know, Tom just got all these guys shots. He clearly just made it up. Now, he, here's the thing where I bet he's mad. I bet there's a decent percentage of players that did the same thing. Yeah. A.B., though, target. Uh, so we, we've got a huge mailbag pay, coming on. Pay, pay, pay your debts, guy. Pay your debts. That's right. It's a good call. we got a huge mailbag. We were going through. There's a bunch of mailbag questions for Saturday's ham mailbag. So we thought we'd sneak a few into this podcast. What do you think? Still want to do that? Uh, or do you want to just do it the other one? Just do it all in the mailbag? Yes, just do it all in the mailbag. All right. Coming up on the next podcast, don't forget, everybody, the secret fourth podcast of the week is the ham mailbag that comes out every Saturday morning, both on YouTube and on the podcast feed. And um, it's going to be a meaty one. It's going to be a meaty, meaty mailbag. We like to keep the mailbag around, you know, 20 minutes if we can. So yeah. just make it a light, easy weekend listen. Heavy, while you're, heavy uh, hitters. Christmas tree, while, you're menor- while you're going to the uh, menorah farm, looking for a uh, menorah for the holiday season. Well, guy, we're already so, th- you know three, four days in. I mean, you're going to get lapped. Go to the, the Christmas tree lot, whatever it is you're doing, running errands, hiding if in you, a closet. If you're from married, your if when you're married to someone who is not Jewish, are you obligated to get them a present, or do you get her a, a present Hanukkah for Christmas? Gift? Yeah. So I'm saying, do you get her something for Hanukkah, or do you just wait till Christmas? Uh, How does that work? 
you know, and yeah, you do gifts or de- or don't. I mean, we haven't done it this year, but if you're going to do it, then you do it. Everybody gets a gift. Yeah. I'm a big fan of, uh, again, I'd say I'm a big fan of gifts, but I haven't, we haven't done gifts. So for sure. Gotcha. So, but I mean, she, she, if like, would you get her something for Hanukkah normally? Like if she was getting you something, would you get her something? Yeah. 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 Cause then, cause it's all about, you got to think about when the shoe's on the other foot. Yeah. When Christmas rolls around, I want something. Yeah. You get, but I you can't gotta, make that case if I didn't but, buy a Hanukkah gift. See, guy, the reality is, is when you buy a home, that's the Christmas Hanukkah. That's the whole fucking present for years. <laughs> yeah. I, I honestly, <laughs> I hadn't thought much about it. Yeah. This would be like, the- this is our present for life. <laughs> exactly. If you're into sports betting, you know how quickly the lines can change. And when you got a lot riding on those odds, it pays to stay ahead of the curve. So before placing your bets, listen to the daily tip presented by BetMGM for the best analysis and information. Yep. We know what it takes to make a good show, energy, chemistry with good takes. And this show has it. So check out the daily tip presented by BetMGM with featured guests like bookmakers, Odyssey insiders, BetMGM experts. You'll always get a fresh take on the action. Michael Jenkins, okay? Chelsea Messenger, okay? They break down the big takeaways. They make sure you know everything you need to know to bet smarter. Nothing worse in betting than betting dumb. So as much fun as it is to bet on the game, it's more fun when you have the inside scoop from the daily tip. Yep. So bet with an edge. Tune into the daily tip presented by BetMGM. Listen weekdays, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern on Odyssey, Spotify, or your favorite podcast application. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. For those of you uh, listening on Spotify, thanks for uh, hitting us with your little Spotify photos. Yeah, appreciate that. I need to start listening on Spotify. It looks kind of Spotify cool. wrapped. I think is what they call that. You but if you're on I- iTunes, huh? You listen to Apple iTunes, right? I do. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you're on uh, iTunes, uh, leave us a review. We appreciate that. Get a review. That's how you get in the mailbag for the next pod. Um, this will be for the following week's pod. But go to iTunes, five-star review. Tell us your favorite bar. And, um, yeah, leave us a question. Any question at all. It doesn't have to be sports-related. Whatever yep. you got for us. Save it or shave it. Send us pictures. You want us to blur out your face, let us know. You can hit us in the Instagrams or email us. Our emails are in uh, on our Twitter accounts also. Uh, NoKidHungry.org slash HamGiveBack. Help out. We're already almost $18,000 last time I checked. So uh, goal is twenty five. We got a month, guy. We just got to keep. We just got to keep chopping wood. Got to keep chopping wood. It's good to have a goal, but it's kind of scary to have a. Yeah. Scary to have a big goal. It's like we got to get there. Yeah. Although if we don't, they'll still happily take it. But you know, we set a goal. Let's try and get there. Exactly. All right, everybody. Thanks for hanging with us. Adios, pelota. uh, Because there's a lockout. Yeah. (laughs) See.